What's up, everybody? How's it going? We are back again for college football DFS. Hopefully, you guys are having a great year. Last week was kind of crazy. Uh, if you didn't have Malik Neighbors, uh, you were in some trouble last week in tournaments. Uh, we had just some wonky stuff all day long. I know they weren't really on our slate, but Old Miss, it came down to the wire that Quinshawn Judkins was questionable, doubtful, probably not going to play. And then all of a sudden, he's in on the first series playing. So, as we always say, welcome to college football and fantasy. Uh, hopefully, regulators and you know betting markets, DraftKings, all that, they just get it together and get it organized. There's too much activity. There's too much money involved in these things to uh, not have the information that's out there. Um, but yeah, hopefully everybody had a good week. We are back for a loaded main slate here. Uh, finally, college football. We are here to win things get good. Conference games, a lot of them. Uh, still some pretty big spreads, um, but I think overall we're going to get some really awesome games this weekend. Um, let's go ahead and jump into it. This is, again, DraftKings specific. Before we do, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, please. It helps a ton if you like the information. Uh, please hit that thumbs up uh, as well. Again, helps get that information out there, get it to other people, helps our channel grow. Uh, tell your friends. And if you have any comments, I had a few last week, people disagreeing uh, with me. Uh, that's totally okay. I proved to be right. Uh, Spencer Rattler didn't quite do what I was hoping he would, but Georgia did not blow them out. Um, so for those of you out there that like to call me out, uh, hey, it's all fun and games. Why not? So let's jump to it. We have, again, a massive slate here. So Breaking down, I've got the sheet out. Let's rock and roll. Uh, we are going here to Auburn, going to Texas A&M, where A&M is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite uh, on the slate. Uh, Florida State goes to Clemson. That is a two-and-a-half-point favorite to Florida State with a 55 total. Miami to Temple, uh, minus 24 for the Hurricanes on the road. Rutgers and Michigan. Uh, Michigan is a 24-point favorite at home. You could see here I have these red numbers highlighted uh, as kind of lower under 50 point totals on the slate. Green means good. That's about 55 or around there and over. Um, so just kind of giving you some color coding here uh, to kind of see where my head's at. Uh, Marshall is at home versus Virginia Tech where they're a four and a half point favorite. We don't really love the total here in this game, um, but there's still some pieces we can play. Oklahoma and Cincinnati where... 14 and a half point favorite to the Sooners, 57 and a half total. SMU goes to TCU. You can see the numbers there. Uh, TCU is a six and a half point favorite, solid total. Boston College and Louisville, kind of an interesting one. Uh, 54 and a half total there, two touchdown favorite for Louisville. BYU goes to Kansas. We have Texas Tech and West Virginia on the slate with a lot of injury questions for West Virginia. UCLA and Utah, this one, another lot of questions for the Utes. We'll see who suits up this uh, weekend. Do not expect to get that information out of Kyle Whittingham before that ball kicks off on Saturday. So you're going to have to trust your gut and some of the reports that are out there. As we talk about every single week, Utah tends to be the team that burns everybody when it comes to in injury news, which means Cam Rising, we will not know if he's playing most likely until Saturday late morning. Colorado at Oregon, the Grand Prix Grand Prize game of the week. 70 and a half total on this one with a three touchdown favorite at home for the Ducks. Old Miss goes to Alabama where Lane Kiffin has been rattling those cages all week. Cannot wait to watch that. And then Maryland and Michigan 
and a game that Michigan State hopefully looks to bring back some respectability to that program uh, and compete this week. We'll see what happens. The next thing I got down here, some of the point totals or implied team totals here on the slate. Uh, there's obviously a few good ones, but you can kind of do the math, obviously, on the spread, the favorite, and the total, uh, and do the math. Um, the other thing, finally, we're getting some data. We're getting some information from the first couple of weeks of the season. Sample size is growing. We're able to break down kind of passing offenses, defenses, rushing offenses, and defenses when it comes to total yardage from that team. Um, so this is not the ranking necessarily based on like scoring offenses or anything, I tend to look at yardage. The reason I tend to look at yardage is if the team is moving the ball up and down the field more often or not, they are going to be in a position to score. So without um, looking at the scoring numbers, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's hard without context to look at some of the numbers. Um, but again, we want teams that are going to move the ball uh, and, and get, you know, ball downfield in between the twenties, things like that. Um, there's different, obviously, metrics and ways to look at it, but that's just how I do it. Um, so if you look at this, what I'm looking for is kind of glaring outliers, right? Matchups. Again, it's early in the season, guys. You've got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. You know, for example, Oregon, they have phenomenal numbers. You look at it, number five offense on the passing game, 17 in the offense in the, in the rushing game in terms of yardage. But look who they played, right? They played Texas Tech. Yeah, that was a great matchup. Also including these numbers is against Portland State, where it was not even a matchup. Uh, so it's hard to really look at these and take a lot from them this early, I would say. But there's some things we can look at, right? Like some things that kind of jumped out. Clemson's defense, man. Clemson's defense is a lot better than a lot of people think. Ninth in terms of rushing or passing yards given up. 34th in, in rushing yards given up. Uh, so Florida State's obviously uniquely built, and they've got some serious tools over there. But Clemson's been better than people think. Their struggles have come on the offensive side of the ball, most uh, mostly. Um, Miami and Temple, nothing that stands out, I mean, that you would, wouldn't expect. Uh, Michigan, again, like, what are you supposed to do? Starters are not even playing the whole game. They're not giving their guys main workloads. They have another huge total at home. Hard to look at these numbers and kind of evaluate. Uh, SMU, TCU have both played some decent games here. Um, so some things that stand out, SMU's rushing offense, or I'm sorry, passing offense, same with Oklahoma looks interesting. Uh, Louisville's rushing offense. It looks phenomenal in this spot here going against BC, uh, Kansas on the passing side looks great. Um, West Virginia on the rushing side, like we talked about Oregon because Colorado can't stop anybody. Uh, now they're down Travis Hunter. So uh, yeah, that's kind of the raw numbers. And I just wanted to kind of give a glimpse here on what I'm typically looking at uh, and what I'm typically evaluating when it comes to um, how I start my builds, how I start my research, all that kind of stuff. So with all that being said, where am I going this week? Well, I think it's pretty easy to say a lot of people in the chalk and the field is going to be riding this Colorado game, right? Why wouldn't you, uh, in a sense? It's a 70 and a half point total. Uh, it's more than seven points than the next closest game. Uh, so a full touchdown there. Um, point simple. I think you definitely have to get pieces of this game, but I think there's some very clear pivot spots, which we'll get to. Uh, I'm going to be totally frank with you. Bo Nix is probably going to make 50 to 80% of my lineups. Uh, I think he's the guy this week. Um 
just my favorite play probably on the slate all year long. They've been hanging posters all over the country and billboards. Bo Nix for Heisman, Bo Nix for Heisman. All eyes are going to be on this game because of the Colorado and Dion effect. Can Colorado keep it close? Can they win? This is an opportunity for Bo Nix on the national stage right out of the gates before they really get to major conference play uh, to just go ballistic against a really, really bad defense who just lost their best player. So with that being said, up top, Bo Nix, 9,600. Yes, he will be making my lineups this week, a lot of them. Um, then you go down, Shador Sanders. Going to play some of them, for sure. It's very tough to get Nix and Sanders in the same lineup, but it is possible this week. What is? How are we going to do that? <laughs> You're going to have to take some shots on some low, uh, low-hanging low fruit or pay-down guys at wide receiver, which I'll talk about. Um, and there's one running back that I have my eye on as well. It is doable, though, guys. Bo Nix and Shadora Sanders, if you think this game goes absolutely nuclear and just breaks the slate, um, it's possible to get Nix and Sanders in the same lineup. Just telling you right now. Uh, moving down, I have some interest in Jackson Dart for Ole Miss. Reason is Zachary Franklin, uh, the highest-priced receiver on the slate, and his best receiver is practicing this week. Trey Harris, also practicing this week. So you're telling me a t- uh, team that uh, has a – has the firepower, if not more than Texas, has a chance to roll into Tuscaloosa. I know Alabama's defense has not been bad, but they have a chance here to really stick it to Alabama when they're down and hurting. Um, I told you Lane Kiffin, if you haven't been following, has been throwing digs and starting uh, controversies all week with Alabama. I don't know, man. I feel like Lane is pretty confident heading into this lineup or heading into this lineup, into this game. Uh, I'm going to take some shots on Ole Miss here. I also think the next guy down, Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma's in a pretty good spot. The reason I have some interest in these two guys, it is some clear pivots off of what we expect to be major chalk with the Oregon-Colorado game. So if you're going to fade both of those quarterbacks, you need to try to get your guys to get still 25, 30 points, uh, mainly because I don't see massive payoffs at the running back position this week like we did last week. so that's my kind of take on this slate. I do have interest again in Nick Sanders, Dart, and Gabriel. Moving down, I have some interest in Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, he has been absolutely on a tear since that Texas A&M game. Uh, that offense looks phenomenal for Miami. They now play a weak Temple team. They should win this game by 30, 40 points. Uh, the only thing to keep an eye on is the weather out there. If the weather is good and all systems are go, I think you can get very, very low-owned Miami stacks here. Uh, 8,600, you could do a lot worse, and you can even pair him with one of the big guns if you need to. Um, Tyler Shog, um, Texas Tech, 8,100. I think he is in a great spot here. Texas Tech, again, is a, where is it? Six and a half, or six point favorite on the road with a healthy total for West uh, against West Virginia. Uh, they're coming off a really emotional game versus Pitt. Uh, so I think Tech here is in a pretty good spot at 8,100. I have some interest in show. Chandler Morris, I expect to be fairly popular this week. Uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about him for TCU. Rightfully so. He's been great this year, uh, averaging 25 to 30 DK points a week. Um, TCU plays SMU in what should be an upbeat game. Um my only concern is I think SMU is better than a lot of people think uh, on defense, especially, you know, this game could very well shoot out of course, but I think this game could also be like heavily competitive and not quite as high, quite as high scoring as people think um, Chandler Morris could still get hits for sure, but it wouldn't shock me if this game is like, 
you know, I don't know, 34, 31, you know, 27 or something, which is still really good, really solid. Um, but they played Oklahoma pretty tough. SMU did early on. Uh, they, they're just a better team than people expect. So I don't know. I don't think Texas Tech rolls over these guys. Uh, I'm sorry, TCU. Jeez, I'm all mixed up here. Um, so play Chandler Morris for sure. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any issues with it. I'll play playing some Chandler Morris, but I wouldn't say he's like a rock solid lock play of the week. Um, if I'm going below Chandler Morris, I'm going to take some dart throws this week. Uh, I mentioned the Spencer Rattler play last week. This maybe isn't quite as hardcore as that one. Um, but two guys that I have some interest in as major salary savers, if you want to absolutely launch yourself uh, into heavy Oregon and Colorado, or even get some big guns for Ole Miss, um, is one, Thomas Castellanos for Boston College, 5,900. Again, another guy that I think some people are going to be playing. I don't expect major chalk here, but he will garner some ownership. Uh, BC, as you saw last week, took Florida State pretty competitively in that game. Castellanos will run as well. So you got the upside there, which I like quite a bit. Um, and he's 5,900. Uh, so definitely a play that you could get on board with and rock if you want to get some of these high price, you know, again, running backs or receivers uh, into your lineup. He's definitely not the worst play on the slate. I'll say that. The other guy that I'm taking some shots on, and it might be crazy town, but whatever, we YOLO on this pod, is Dante Moore for UCLA. The former five-star recruit, now in Chip Kelly's offense, has been absolutely phenomenal since he kind of took over that starting role. They have a tough matchup in Utah. This is not necessarily a game that or a matchup that you'd want to target. But if you're a believer in Chip Kelly's offense, which I am, they had all, it always scores points, and you're a believer in this kid, this is a spot where you're going to get Dante Moore at virtually no ownership. Uh, 6,200, he can use his legs. He's been insanely efficient to start the year. This will be his toughest test yet, no, no doubt about it. But again, at 6,200, you don't need a massive, massive game to pay off for you. If he can throw two, three touchdowns and get you some on the ground, um, I think you're in business. And he's got some pretty clear pairing options uh, in the passing game. I'm going to take some shots on Dante Moore this week. If we think he's that good and he's kind of the next big thing behind DTR, who was there the last you know four or five years, um, this is a chance to get him, get him cheap, get him low owned, and uh, definitely pivot off of what you know again where everybody else is going to be going this week. So Dante Moore is kind of my YOLO call of the week here. Moving on to running back, Quinshawn Judkins up top, 7,700. Um, Look, I love Judkins. I think he's the probably the best running back and pure talent in the country. But I don't know, man. I think Old Miss, I, I think Alabama is going to obviously try to shut him down. He has not been insanely good this year either. I think he's averaging somewhere in the three yards per carry mark. Um, I don't know. Again, he is always a guy that could go for 150 and two or three touchdowns and, and just rip you a new one if you aren't playing him. Um and he can also be your biggest savior if you are playing him. He's just really tough to fit in unless you really want to dumpster dive at receiver this week or you plan to play one of these cheaper quarterbacks to pair with one of the top end guys. So it's all about roster construction. Um, Judkins for me will definitely make some lineups, but I don't think he's going to be a core play for me necessarily this week. Bucky Irving is a really interesting guy on the slate. 7,500. If you think Bo Nix and Shadora Sanders are going to be mega chalk, I don't see how they can also play Bucky Irving and his main receiver, Troy Franklin, 
or Joe Horn, Xavier Weaver. You just can't fit all those guys in. So I think Bucky Irving is going to be the one who kind of gets left out. Oregon could score 45, 50 points in this game and have three, four rushing touchdowns. That's not out of the question. I also think it's kind of an interesting stack if you go Bo Nix and Bucky Irving this week and leave off the receivers. Oregon is notorious, like a lot of these spread offenses, for really spreading the ball around. Um, yeah, definitely Troy Franklin is his number one, uh, which we'll get to. Tez Johnson's another. But he's throwing, he can throw touchdowns to like five different guys. Or Bo Nix can run a few in. There's a lot of different ways Oregon can score points. So I think an interesting way is you take Bo Nix, you take all the passing yardage there, you get a lot of his rushing upside, and Bucky Irving. You kind of gobble up that entire rushing game uh, for Oregon. I think that's a kind of an interesting sneaky play this week. Moving down, Dylan Edwards. Have some interest in, but I'm not going to be all in. I think Dylan Edwards gets used in the receiving game a lot more this week. Uh, we see with Travis Hunter going to be out. Uh, I think you're going to see him spread out a little bit, and I'll tell you why here in a second. Um, so I have some interest at 6,700. Um, Jawar Jordan, I mean, what more can you say about this kid? He's just way too cheap. 6,500 for Louisville, probably going to be my highest on back on the slate. I have some interest in Carson Steele as well for UCLA. I know he splits carries over there, but I also think UCLA is kind of mixing it up, being that they haven't had a real competitive game yet. I think we see them lean on Steele a little bit more in this matchup uh, to help Dante Moore out. He's a threat in the passing game as well. Uh, he's just an absolute bull bulldozer. At 6,300, I'm going to take some shots on Steele. Rasheen Ali for Marshall. Guy just gets insane volume versus really poor Virginia Tech defense. 6K, another one of my favorites. And Devin Neal, 5,900 for Kansas. Another really strong play here. C.J. Donaldson for West Virginia is in my player pool. You got to look out for injury news. He got banged up late in that game last week. But a really good play if he's healthy and all, all systems go. A lot of people are going to be on Will Shipley this week as well at 5,700. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a volume kind of monster. You know, I, I think... I'm a little bit just unsure on this Clemson-Florida State game. Truth be told, I already bet on Florida State this week. Um, I think Florida State wins this game. But I think there's a lot of paths for this game to get wild. Uh, I think this game could be 17-14. to 14. I think this game could be 40-36. to 36. I have no idea. Uh, both defenses are really good. The big question is Clemson's offense. If they can hold the ball and kind of control it on the ground uh, – we all know it's a tough place to play there in Clemson. There's just a lot of ways this one can go. Um, so Will Shipley is going to be in my player pool, but uh, I don't know, man. This is kind of a weird one. But, again, I think Florida State uh, takes this one. Jordan James, another guy, Oregon. He is the second running back in command there. Uh, he Well, I shouldn't say that. He gets carries. He is kind of a home run hitter for Oregon that they like to mix in. Um, he's the guy that I like playing um, – behind Bucky Irving if I'm going to do it just because of the price point. I think they still have, was it Noah Whittington there as well? Um, but for the price and everything, I think Jordan James is going to be involved here. 5,600, he could easily house one or two balls and, and pay off for you uh, at that price point. Kyle Robichox from Boston College is definitely going to be in my player pool. He's kind of taken over for Pat Garwo uh, there at Boston College. Garwo's out again. I'll be going back to Robichox. And then the biggest X factor, in my opinion, on the slate, he is finally practicing. He is fully cleared, according to Deion Sanders, as of today, is Alton McCaskill. He is 3,800. He 
Dylan Edwards is the best athlete on the team. I think McCaskill is the best running back on the team. He is a transfer from Houston. Uh, he His freshman year absolutely lit it up for the Cougs down there. Then he got hurt, tore his ACL. Uh, he has had kind of a longer recovery than expected. Didn't really play a lot last year, or he didn't play last year, I'm sorry. And transferred to Colorado this offseason. I think if Colorado wants to stay in this game, they got to find some success on the ground. I think McCaskill could be someone with fresh legs and gives them a little bit of juice in that ground game. And that's why I think you, know, you could expect to see him and Dylan Edwards on the field at the same time. Um, if it were me, that's what I would do and let Dylan Edwards run a little bit out of the slot or run more routes out of the backfield. McCaskill can get you some yards on the ground, but he is a damn good running back at 3,800. It's a way to get exposure to that Colorado Oregon game and you can pay down. So that's kind of my thoughts. Hopefully I'm right. I'm going to be taking some shots for sure. Going to receivers. Part of the reason I have some interest in Jackson Dar, we talked about Zachary Franklin and Trey Harris. Both of those guys are really, really good receivers. We have not seen Zachary Franklin yet this year. I believe Lane Kiffin was saving him for this game, knowing that they could run kind of rough shot through some of their easier opponents early on. All reports are him and Troy Franklin, or I'm sorry, Trey Harris were in practice, uh, full uniform today, rocking and rolling. So if they're alive and they're, uh, they're playing, I like Ole Miss here in this game. Um, Joe Horn, Xavier Weaver, not much needs to be said about those guys. If you can afford them, I would definitely try to get uh, exposure to both of those guys who could definitely go for 30 points here on Saturday. Um, Troy Franklin, Oregon's number one receiver, 6,900. He's a phenomenal play this week. Again, he's probably the best, in my opinion, safest, whatever you want to call it, receiver up above 6,500. Um, he has the potential to score like three, four times this weekend. So again, if you're a believer in this game uh, and you're not getting exposure to Troy Franklin at all, uh, that's quite the bold move, Cotton. Uh, Keon Coleman for Florida State, 6,700. We saw what he did against LSU. I got to imagine Florida State goes back to him in this matchup versus Clemson and a must-win game for them. Um, yeah, I have some interest for sure. Jamari Thrash, Louisville, 6,600. He was the ultimate play of the week last week, ultimate chalk, but he was just way too cheap and he destroyed. So he, they priced him up uh, this week, but he's still in a phenomenal spot. Tez Johnson's the other receiver for Oregon. I want a piece of 5,900. Duran Brandley, Texas Tech, 5,900. He's the best pairing option if you are going to Tyler Shogue. Xavier Restrepo for Miami, 5,800. I think he's just a target monster in this offense. If the weather is good and it's solid, uh, fire up Restrepo for sure. Roman Wilson for Michigan, 5,500. Um, if you think Michigan starts to kind of ramp it up a little bit against the Rutgers uh, to get ready for some actual real games, uh, Roman Wilson's a phenomenal play at 5,500. Colby Young is another guy from Miami I like at 54. Andrell Anthony is going to be my preferred pairing option for Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma. Uh, he's 5,300. He's been heavily involved in that offense since the get-go. Uh, expect that. Expect to see, see that continue. Antonio Williams for Clemson, 52. Jacoby George for Miami, 51. Just too cheap. Logan Lola for UCLA. If you're going to be playing some Dante Moore with me, that's the guy I'm going to. Uh, Miles Price, Tech. He is in play. Jaheim Bell. He's kind of a, he's in play for me at Florida State. Paid off last week for the touchdown. Uh, Ryan O'Keefe for Boston College is probably the guy you're going to look to if you're playing Thomas Castellanos. 
Uh, he's 4,600. Tavarius Dawson for Colorado, 4,600. Expect him to have to step up and get more involved in this offense with Travis Hunter out. Uh, I expect him to have quite a bit of ownership in this matchup. It's kind of the obvious guy to slide into that number three role. Uh, but you could also go to uh, Michael Harrison for Colorado, 4,400. He's the tight end. You saw him in that overtime for Colorado State uh, just go nuclear there at the end of the fourth quarter in, in OT uh, with three touchdowns, I think it was. So expect him to get more involved in this offense for sure. Two guys that I like for paydowns are Chase Roberts and Isaiah Rex, or Isaac Rex, sorry, for BYU. Both of them are 4,500. Um, I think those guys are going to be, they're two of the main pass catchers for BYU. I like this matchup as well. They're just, we need pay down guys uh, this week. It's just the way it is. Um, Dante Wright, Temple, uh, he is in play. I think Braden Smith for Cincinnati is in play at 4,200. And then you've got two guys down here in the 3Ks that I have some interest in. Uh, RJ Maryland for SMU, 3,400. I'm going to be slapping him into some lineups as well to get different. And then the biggest, I think, X factor in the receiving game this week is Brant Cuthy. Uh, there's a lot of speculation out there. Cam Rising coming back against UCLA conference play. Brant Cuthy is just, well, I'm not going to say just as important, but he is very important to this Utah team. Um, he has been close apparently for over a month. I have a feeling they've just been resting him up, get him ready for this UCLA game. Uh, if he is in and he is playing at 3,400, I'm firing him up. No questions asked. Um, so that does it. Uh, that's kind of the slate rundown. That's where I'm going this week. That's kind of my thoughts on the overall slate. Um, as always, again, subscribe here on the channel. Uh, helps us out a ton. Follow me on the old X machine. Uh, I'm at the Notorious VJL. I'm posting information, talking with people all week long, uh, leading up to kickoff. So, um, yeah, make sure you follow. Hopefully you guys have a great weekend. Good luck cashing and I'll talk to you next time.